Lurid listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Carraway. I hope all of you guys are doing well. I know Big Daddy is. He's making pelvic thrust motions outside of my window, so I know he's, you know, in a grand mood. Um, hey, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you're ready for a sexy story written by me, finally, I know. Um, I'm really excited to bring it to you guys, so, uh, you know, get ready. Um, first, I wanted to sort of make an official announcement I just released this last week. I didn't do any PR, not much sharing on Facebook or Twitter, but I did just officially publish through Stupid Fish Productions, uh, Eddie the Auger Harley, Misadventures in Porn. It is now available, the Kindle aversion, aversion, <laughs> the Kindle aversion, hopefully there will be no aversions. Um, it's only $2.99. It's three bucks. Uh, and, uh, some of you guys might remember Eddie. Um, he was quite popular in the very beginning, uh, when the KMQ kind of came out. He was many, many lurid listeners' favorite character. Well, I've got him all put together. In fact, I made him quite a bit more substantial. Uh, I kept him at 11 and a half inches. You know, his penis is still 11 and a half inches, but, you know, his character is quite a bit more uh, substantial, as are all the other characters that he was involved with. Um, so this is an ebook. It's five chapters, and each chapter sort of set up like its own little uh, porn scene. Um, and I had a ton of fun with this. The audio version will be available. I'm going to redo it. I had it all ready once before, but I didn't like it, and so I've decided to redo it. Well, so, hell, you even changed the decade. That's I one of the best parts about it. That is, it's you know me. I love cliches. I've now based Eddie the Auger Harley right smack dab in uh, 1984 when VHS was starting to bring as we say in the synopsis, bringing porn home to the masses. So uh, a lot of you people of the 80s will greatly appreciate that. Uh, I know I did. I had fun researching everything. Um, Big Daddy had fun. And and I do hope to continue Eddie's uh, story and misadventures. Um, I've got a few ideas floating around. I'll get another episode out to the KMQ for you guys as well. So, uh, you know, I like to give you guys some stuff for free. So I will do that also. So if you are interested in supporting the show, as always, do so by going to Amazon or you could go to the website, thekissmequicks.com. Click on my little books tab and Eddie the Auger Harley will be the very first book on that list. Or just go to Amazon and search Eddie the Auger Harley. Uh, again, it's only $2.99, available in Kindle. He will come about to print and auto audio, so I'm looking forward to that too. Um, also, let's see, this month, this May, Rose Carraway's Dirty 30 anthology will be published. It will first be available in ebook, and then it'll go straight to audio for you lovely lurid listeners. Uh, and then it will be available in print. Uh, a lot of the authors that are featured in this anthology are in the Sexy Librarian's Big Book of Erotica. And I've got a few new authors to introduce you guys to as well. So um, that's a very special project to Big Daddy and I. It's our first major uh, publication through Stupid Fish Productions. And we are so stoked to bring it to you guys because we had you specifically in mind when putting this together. All of these stories are designed to be read 
aloud. Uh, Whether or not you want to listen to me, I hope you do whenever it comes available in audio. I welcome you, uh, invite you to grab a copy of it and read it with your partner. Uh, It'll be a ton of fun. It's really good, too. I mean, I know, of course, we're going to say that, right? But (laughs) it truly, really, really, really is good and uh, enjoyable as all heck. So we're, we're very excited about it. I'm totally stoked about it. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that because, you know me, I love the adventuresome types of erotica. So uh, that's that's what I, I, I seek out the most. So I'm very excited to be bringing that. Um, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I printed it and I kind of got uh, the jitters in my stomach. I was like, oh, my God, it's really happening. So uh, for realsies, we're about to put out a major anthology. So Yeah, every time we go through <laughs> it, I feel like it gets better. Like this, I feel like you should read this. Do yourself a favor, read it, listen to it at least more than once. It gets better. The good stuff always yeah. does, yeah. And we'll obviously we'll we'll play a couple of stories uh, on the podcast so you guys can get a sample of that. All right, so I think that that is all of the news coming up right now. I have got my story. It is titled Halter and Hook. It is my very first equine story, sort of shape shiftery paranormal. If you want it to be, if you don't want it to be, I don't know. I think it's up to you. I'll let you guys judge whether or not it's a a paranormal. Um, It's based on a dream I had way back in 2010. Uh, Growing up, I did, my family did have a horse. And so um, there were many, many aspects of that um, adventure that I loved. Um, And one of the most memorable things was I remember my mother I think I've talked about this before, but my mother actually, you know, would give the horse, uh, would wash it. That was my introduction to how gigantic horse penises are. So I think it's something that almost everybody can relate to, just the sort of jaw-dropping, whoa, uh, moment. Um, And so I kind of play a little bit with that in Halter and Hook. Um, So I'm ready to introduce you to Shelby who is quite a slut, and she just wants some good sex. Here is my story titled, Halter and Hook. Shelby, Brad said as he kissed me inside the feed stall of my father's stables. My new horse, a true desert-bred Arabian, whinnied against the thunder that rolled outside. Hot-blooded horses were never comfortable during monsoon season. I wanted to go to Sagan's stall to make sure he was okay, but I had other things I was tending to at the moment. Come on, Brad. Let me in. I purred next to his ear and then snagged his earlobe with my teeth. The sound of heavy rain and wind beat against the side of the stables. The storm was supposed to last until morning. I mentally crossed my fingers that Brad would too. My actual fingers were currently rubbing Brad's asshole. You know I don't like that kind of stuff. He pried my probing fingers away, preventing me from dipping inside. But I wouldn't be deterred. 
Besides, I liked the way his muscled weight squirmed on top of me. I easily wrenched my hand free from his bandaged one and tried to gain access to his secret bud once more. But a heated wrestling match ensued, which was exciting for me, but not so much for Brad. Exasperated, he finally settled for pinning my arms above my head with his good hand, and then he pressed his hips against mine, hard, trying to instill his dominance over me. His cock was hot against my skin, but a little boring, as it lay sandwiched between my stomach and his. He breathed heavily and had developed a light sweat over his bare chest. The smell of a ready cock mixed with the scent of damp hay drove me wild. Brad leaned down, tried to kiss me again, coax me into submission. But he hadn't tamed me yet. I nipped his lower lip just as he moved in, scored a mark that immediately began swelling. Damn it, Shelby! You're as bad as that damn horse of yours! Brad winced, checking his lip for blood. Why do you fight me all the time? Can't you just make love like normal girls do? He withdrew from me. Sure, my new horse hated Brad, bit him any time the guy was near me, Sagan was like that with all the guys I dated. I kind of liked that quality in him. It was especially helpful if a breakup went bad. And lately, it felt like they were all going bad. It was a challenge to date since Sagan had arrived. But the truth was, Bronc riders just didn't know anything about real endurance. Eight seconds, that's all they cared about. If a guy wanted the chance to fuck me, then he needed to do more than just hold on for a few wild bucks. I wanted someone who could perform for the duration. Make me hold on for a change. Oh, you're just being a sore loser because you didn't win at the finals and get a lousy trophy. Because your weirdly jealous hellion of a horse bit my hand. I couldn't hold my grip. From his stall, Sagan neighed, as though proud of this fact. When was he going to get past the whole, your horse bit my hand thing? I was really turned on and wanted his weight back on top of me, making my spine dig into the sharp straw of our big three-string bale. I flashed my best pouty face in return. I thought you guys liked a challenging ride. When he didn't respond, it irritated me. I disliked all the cold space growing between us. You know what? I think a better question is, why are you wussing out on me? Brad just stared back at me, incredulous, his prairie blue eyes were nothing short of adorable in his annoyance. Wussing out? What, because I'm tired of trying to catch hold of you? He sighed, flexed his injured hand. Look, guys are all for chasing skirt or whatever. A little bit. But we shouldn't have to chase you all the damn time. It's exhausting. 
Plus, it hurts like hell. He checked to see if his lip was still bleeding. It wasn't. I'd barely broken the skin. Oh, stop being such a crybaby. I tried to be playful with a seductive whip of my messy, straw-strewn hair. But Brad had officially forfeited. He yanked his rain-dampened jeans and t-shirt off the hook next to where my hat hung. And after a few clumsy steps, he was dressed again. God, he was beautiful. Bronc riders always were. So tight and damn strong, too. Especially when they were moving around on top of you. But as always, they never lasted very long. Brad started to walk away, but then he turned on muddy boot heels, and my heart leapt. I hadn't moved an inch, other than propping myself up onto my elbows. I stayed, sprawled out on the straw bale, allowing him to take advantage of my near-nakedness. My skirt lay rumpled on the barn floor, but my boots, button-up shirt, and front-clasped bra were still on though several buttons were now missing, and my bra's elastic was shot to shit, exposing the softest cleavage Brad had ever sunk his rough-whiskered face into. I also knew that I possessed the sweetest nipples he'd ever tasted. He'd confessed as much just two weeks ago, when we'd first met at the rodeo finals. wasn't the first bronc rider to fuck me on a bale of hay, by far. I, on the other hand, was his first slut. Another confession he'd made while I'd sucked him off behind the snack shack the very afternoon we'd met. He'd been totally game for all my unbridled antics that first week. Surprised, but game. I should have listened to my instincts, though, and gone a little slower with this second week. But damn it, I was a woman with a certain stamina. I needed to be ridden hard and put away very wet. Make love, please. It seemed that lately... Bronco riders, the hardiest of men, were letting me down, one after the other. I mean, what the hell? Was it too much to ask for a little rollick and romp? Last chance, Brad tried, his voice dry, pathetic. I sat up, spread my knees, flashed my smooth-shaven pussy along the way, and even offered one of my sexiest lip-nibbling smiles. Brad hesitated, but then he shook his head clear of the spell I was casting upon him. He slipped back into control, adjusted that tasty cock of his, and then, without so much as a fuck you, he walked out of the stall, heels scuffing over the concrete. I heard Sagan neigh over the thunder. Well, shit.
pony boy. At least my horse gets me to the finish line. I tossed a handful of straw in Brad's direction, but it all fanned out and fell short, much like my plans had. I growled frustration. The only response I got was the sound of the hayloft door as it was blown open and battered against the stable. At least something was getting banged tonight. Well, it was too early to call it quits. Barely midnight, for God's sake. The hayloft door gave another succession of loud bangs. The storm was really beginning to kick up. Rain would be pouring inside. I needed to hurry my ass up there and secure that damn thing before the rain ruined everything. But then I looked down at my neglected body, and before I knew it, I started taking stock. What was Brad thinking, walking out on me like that? Well, clearly he wasn't thinking. My body was soft, ripe, nubile, and my breasts were perfect. All the guys said so. They tilted upwards like two beautiful, milky teardrops that begged to quench a man's greatest thirst. I sat up straighter and pressed them together. They were a good, sizable weight that more than overfilled my own palms. That's all right, girls. I'll take care of us. I moved a hand lower was ready, at the very least, to work in some self-love a few times before climbing all the way up to take care of the loft door. Just as the tip of my middle finger found my clit, I heard something. Brad? I immediately smiled, thinking Brad had only been playing hard to get. I faced the feed stall's open entrance, spread my knees, just a tad farther, arched my back ever so prettily, and started circling my clit. But instead of boot heels, there came the unmistakable sound of hooves on concrete. I heard the familiar low nicker before I saw him. It wasn't just any horse who could work the side bolt latch of his stall. Only my handsome red bay Arabian could pull something like that off. My precocious stallion named Sagan, who stood almost 15 hands tall, letting himself out of his stall, biting my boyfriends, playfully tipping over his pellet buckets, making me bend over more times than Brad or any other man ever had. Sagan loved to get my attention. But his specialty was racing. On the racetrack, he made me feel like I was flying. Dad liked the tradition of the Broncos. I liked the hot-blooded racers. Their spirits were unbreakable. I sighed. Why couldn't I find a man like that? A man with endless, uninhibited passion. Sagan stopped just in front of the feed stall, his ears perked forward. He stepped halfway inside the stall, blocking the entrance. He turned his head, and with one big, dark brown eye, stared with a certain depth, as though he empathized. I guess you're proud of yourself, huh? Sagan showed no signs that he was spooked by the storm raging outside. 
Instead, he arched his neck, bobbed his head, playing it up that once again he'd outsmarted his human. But then, he lowered his nose, snorting in the heady scent that lingered thickly in the humid air of the stall. And then, something happened. I felt provocative, sinful, as I sat there, legs straddling the straw bale, my fingers still pressed to my pussy. Sagan swished his tail, blew air from his nostrils, and let out a soft, almost sad nicker. Don't you dare feel sorry for me. I'll find a good one soon. I was defiant in every moral fiber that ran through my skin as my handsome, if somewhat pesky stallion, stood there, watching with his ever-attentive gaze. I shouldn't have, but I did. I continued to stroke myself. I closed my eyes, lost myself in the musky scents of the stables, the electric desert smells of the monsoon that blew in from the open loft, and forgot that Sagan was there. I let my fingers sink and slide, glide and stir, drawing forth the warm, gripping orgasm I so desperately needed, until I heard him step closer. I felt the prickly whiskers of his muzzle scratch against the tip of my knee, heard the unmistakable sound of him breathing in my scent. He drew my aroma deep into himself. His nostrils fluttered, and I stood up, startled. And only by sheer force of habit did I even reach for my hat and slam it onto my head. With one hand on his halter, I pressed my other hand against Sagan's powerful hindquarters to guide him out of the way. And that was when I noticed that he'd... It had dropped. Hard. And remarkable. A powerful cock that drew admiration and envy and a certain lust that made my palm itch to touch it. My arousal was a fragrant infusion within that stall. Sagan's sides contracted and expanded with each heavy sniffing breath he took. I froze, staring at his erection. I'd seen stallions mount mares plenty, a completely normal, albeit arranged occurrence. But it never was ordinary. Horses were impressive. There was no ignoring a horse cock. And I was already in such a compromising state. Sagan's long black tail swished. He let loose a squeal of frustration. Or maybe it was encouragement. The sound bounced off the walls, disorienting, confusing me. He took a few antsy steps backwards and lowered his muzzle, nipped one of my exposed breasts. Hey! I covered myself. 
Shame flooded my veins as my nipples hardened. Sagan was just a horse. Rationally, I knew that. It wasn't like I touched him or jacked him off. I shook my head of such despicable thoughts. My pussy throbbed, however, as unbidden images flooded my depraved mind. The big door above creaked and beat against the stables, as though a giant were attempting to rip it from its hinges. I readjusted my buttonless shirt and cleared my throat. I, um, better get up there. I don't know why I felt the need to explain, but I did need a simple task, something to get my head back on straight. The hayloft door was on a hook and chain lock system that required a long pole with a hook of its own to pull the big door closed. I didn't have enough reach, even with the pole hook. Heavy wind and needle-like rain pelted my bare skin relentlessly. My unbuttoned shirt and ruined bra were soaked in seconds. I had been too muddled to remember my skirt before climbing up the ladder and into the rain-soaked loft. I leaned halfway over the ledge, with the pole barely within my grasp, reaching too far. I made several failed attempts to hook the metal loop. A sudden gust of wind ripped my hat away, and then, unsympathetically, pulled my precariously leaning body from the loft. I screamed. The pole hook caught the metal loop, and there I was, dangling, more than half naked in a thunderstorm, at least 15 feet up in the air. I screamed at the same time that the heavens grumbled above. I tried for the ledge with my toes, but my boots found no purchase. My hands slipped. I readjusted. Thunder muffled my cries for help. No one could hear me. My grip slipped ever downward. If I fell, when I fell, I knew I would at the very least break both my legs. Suddenly, the stable's sensor lights kicked on. I looked down. Let go. I'll catch you. It wasn't Brad's bulky, muscled form I saw down there, but another man, a dark-skinned man whose body was illuminated and glistening, lean and athletic, in the sensor lights below me. He spoke with an accent that was unexpectedly foreign, crisp, yet inviting. Who the hell are you? I tried my best not to flail and slip. We can enjoy pleasantries when you're safely down, he said. I could see the white of his teeth flash, pristine, in his upturned grin. Both of us were fully aware that my helpless bare ass was presented directly above him. The odd thing, aside from me dangling from the loft door, was that he had zero clothes on. He just stood there, naked, 
holding my hat. Rain blurred my vision, but no matter how many times I was forced to blink, I recognized that his cock was hard, and he was stroking himself. Despite the cramping in my fingers and the fact that looking down only encouraged my body to follow my gaze, my pussy responded warmly to the sight of this man, fisting his cock in the rain while looking up at me. Why the hell don't you have any clothes on? I could ask you the same thing. I still didn't recognize his voice, but I noted his amusement. Suddenly, my thoughts froze. I didn't feel the pole hook slipping. Had he watched me masturbate in front of Sagan? Being a slut was one thing. Being the girl who got her kicks from animals was something else entirely. I looked down. The man below smiled as though he could read my mind. I closed my eyes, clung to the last bit of pole and my humanity. I reached the tips of my boots for the ledge of the hayloft again. You won't make it, Shelby. Just let go. I'll make it worth your while. The man's dark hair, pulled long by the drenching rains, clung to his forehead and against his neck. Something hung around his neck, but from up there, I couldn't tell what it was. In any case... It was his cock that caught my eye again, prominent in the storm. Here. He hung my hat on his protruding cock, then held his hands out to the sides. Now I can use both my hands. I couldn't help it. I laughed and slipped and lost my grip. Now I dangled above this man by a single hand. A strange, excited fear tumbled around in my belly. I couldn't hold on any longer. It was time. Here goes. I wasn't dead. Nothing felt broken. First, one eye opened, then two. I was alive. Thank you, I breathed, looking up into shadowed eyes while they devoured every inch of me, too. Those eyes. You're welcome. That smile, tempting and contagious, made me smile in return. He released my legs, but kept a tight arm around my waist, pulled me against his warm, bare chest. He grabbed a handful of my rain-soaked hair and gently tugged, brought his lips so close to mine. My hat had apparently fallen off its post because I felt the unmistakable heat, once again, of cock pressed against my belly. But there was nothing boring about it this time. 
I took it into my hand. Let my fingers interpret every vein. My palm absorb every pulse of blood that filled its wondrous thickness. I stroked his length with a deliberate, slow pace, distantly reminded of my Arabian's immense and swollen erection. Rain fell into my eyes, my open mouth, as he tugged harder. This beautiful man's lips moved closer. I need to talk to you about this halter. He lifted it from around his neck, held it up with a single finger. You need a lesson in the proper care of your stallion. Halters and bridles are to be removed at the end of every day. I couldn't think outside of my plane of vision and didn't want to discuss horse husbandry. Those eyes tempted me too much, and the cock that filled my small hand had my senses reeling. I thought you said you were going to be worth it. So I did. He released my hair, my waist, pulled his cock from my hand, and then pinched my left breast. I arched into the sudden pain, grabbed his thick wrist with both my hands so he wouldn't let go. Faster than my mind could keep up, he looped the horse halter around one wrist, twisted it, then wrapped it around my other, until I was cuffed. He motioned toward the stable's entrance. My heart raced, heat swirled in my belly, as he led me back to the feed stall. Without a word, he guided me until my bare ass and booted heels touched the stall's wall. Then he lifted my bound wrists and looped the halter to a lead hook high above my head. His gaze never shifted from mine as he then tore the ruined clothing from my soaked body. He kicked my boots until my legs were spread, shoulder width. I felt the prick of shame when his fingers penetrated my pussy. Shall we pick up where you left off? As he sank two fingers inside of me, he gripped my right breast with his other hand. Exquisite lust heated my bare skin, the bruising pain warming me all over. My jaw went slack. I panted, tilted my pelvis toward his palm, inviting him to make me come. You are a slut, aren't you? He slapped one breast, then the other, penetrating me with his fingers and that fixed gaze. He slapped my breast again. I cried out, Yes! All this time, I've had to listen to your pathetic confessions, your shameless wishing and begging for the right man to come along. His thumb found my clit, and I was grateful for the halter and hook holding me up. My legs threatened to give out from under me. How many have you gone through, Shelby? How many men have you fucked and then tossed away? I didn't know, couldn't recall any of their faces. 
couldn't recall a time I'd confided anything to this man. I longed to catch those berating lips with my own, but suddenly he spun me around, and my pussy was vacant, and my mind buzzed. Not one of them mattered to you, did they? Because they couldn't live up to your silly expectations, couldn't satisfy you. He ran the wet, blunt head of his thick cock between my ass cheeks like a long, licking tongue. I tilted my ass out for him, shimmied to invite him inside, wanting him to reduce me to nothing but meaningless flesh. Why weren't any of them good enough, slut? I heard the sting of his hand before I felt the heat blossom over my ass. Answer me, or I'll leave you here, unsatisfied, just like that asshole you brought here tonight. He slapped my ass cheek again. I screamed. He shoved the side of my face against the wooden wall harder. Tell me, why couldn't they satisfy you? My face was hot. My wrists burned. My hands had gone numb some time ago, but I kept my ass ready. He leaned against me with all his weight, pressing my entire body against the wall. The heat and heaviness of him surrounded me. My hip bones ground into the wooden wall. My breasts were smashed. I filled my lungs with as much air as I could gather and then screamed my answer. Because they were all dim-witted jocks with little dicks who couldn't fuck me the way I needed to be fucked. One fluid motion, and he yanked my bound wrists from the lead hook, dragged me over to the straw bale, and slammed me over it. The air was knocked from my lungs. He fell on top of me, pinched and slapped my ass, waiting for me to scream before he spanked me again. When I cried for him to fuck me, he jacked into my pussy, the tops of my thighs immediately scraped raw from the prickly hay bale. Thankfully, the storm raged louder than my orgasmic cries. I came, hard and heavy, drawing breath after ragged breath. I fell limp, useless. But thankfully, he wasn't finished. He withdrew, lifted my hips until I was on my knees atop the bale of hay. He smeared my cum over my asshole, grabbed a fistful of my hair. When the tip of his cock prodded against my anus, I cried anew. He yanked my hair until my back bowed, an excruciating bend. The strain was transcendent. I sobbed tears streaming as I begged him. Use me. 
I need you to mount me. Fuck me with that big horse cock. My private thoughts were betrayed by my own feeble voice. He thrust. I braced myself and grunted in time with his rocking hips. He let loose a resounding, hungry growl, tugging me backward to meet his cock. He stretched me beyond my known limits. He filled me so completely that all the empty space within was gone as I was plunged into the abyss. The tug of my hair was distant, but the spanks and pinches, the tops of his thighs as they slammed into the backs of mine, I was flying, ungrounded and free. My breasts swung, swayed, ricocheted in every direction. I slammed my bound wrists, palms down onto the straw below me, arched my back deeper, molded myself to him until he went rigid, claimed me with an erupting roar that reverberated off the dry wooden walls. I was permitted no reprieve, though. He withdrew and grabbed the halter that bound my wrists, then dragged me back to the hook, hot cum running down the backs of my thighs with each hurried step I followed him with. He forced my chin up, demanded eye contact, and then slid his long fingers down to my breasts. Those eyes pulled my desire forth, commanded me to sound my pain freely, show that he was awakening me, bringing me to life. His kiss, as his lips fell upon mine, took what little breath I had away. He pulled back. Say my name. He pinched my breast harder. Say it. I writhed, relied on the hook to hold me up as his fingers bruised my soft flesh. You know what it is, Shelby. His fingers were like vice grips, first my right breast, then my left. Tell me that you know who I am. He knocked my legs apart, then his body lowered, and he nipped my breasts, a familiar sensation for the last year. Once again, I fell into a strange oblivion. Foggy questions swirled inside my brain. Answers, images, impossibilities, distant and unknown, tried to solidify behind my eyelids. I saw the color of his eyes, his long, dark auburn hair, the halter around my wrists, the way he nipped at me in the same way that Sagan always did. Who am I, Shelby? His cock slammed into me, knocking the backs of my hips against the stall, bruising me instantly. A finger, long and thick, entered my asshole. His lips devoured mine. With one perfect milky breast, pink and purple from his abuse, still in his possession. 
He fucked me into a haggard mess, and still he fucked me, forward and back. On and on he went, around and around, making me ride him to the end. I knew him then. Impossible. I opened my eyes, found him staring back at me, head tilted as he thrust those dark pools holding me. Say it. Sagan? I asked, throat raw from overuse. This was impossible, but as he pumped into me, worked my body, I was so completely wrung out that the truth of it was believable. He came inside of me, groaning, pressing against my entire frame, covering my flesh with his. When he pulled out and away, his chest rising and falling from his exertion, I couldn't stand any longer. All my weight was held by the halter and hook. Sagan, the man, lifted my harnessed wrists free of the hook and carried me to the stall. His stall. A blanket was neatly spread, my riding crop waiting on top of it. You planning on showing me how to properly use that, too? Of course. For Stupid Fish Productions, this is Rose Carraway. Daddy at the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. Thank you for listening to my story, Halter and Hook. Don't forget, you guys, my Eddie the Auger Harley Misadventures in Porn ebook is available right now in Amazon for $2.99. He's waiting for you guys. Uh, he's my favorite porn star ever, and I can't wait to bring you more great adventures with Eddie the Auger Harley. 
Um, also, Rose Caraway's Dirty 30, the anthology, volume one, will soon be available this May. If you want to get in touch, always feel free to email me at thekissmequicks at gmail.com. You guys can find me on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter. And um, all of the links, the buy links, everything you need to know at the KMQ is available at the website, thekissmequicks.com. All right, you guys, we'll see you soon. I've got another story coming your way. Don't forget, it's my very first uh, fan fiction, and I'm really excited to bring it to you. It's, it's starring Sylvester Stallone as Barney Ross. Oh, yeah, very excited about it. All right, you guys, hey, I'm ready to head on out, so we'll see you soon. Love ya. I'd like to thank the following musical artists. Pottington Bear, Jazar, Nine Inch Nails, Chris Zabriskie, Jan Morgenstern, Candle Gravity, Emerald Park, and the feature credit song, Fool's Gold, by Pheasant. The Kiss Me Quicks is produced by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. Stupid fish. Those glasses match your shirt. Planned. Oh, uh, yeah. I knew you were going to say Take those stupid sunglasses off and be <laughs> real. Me. No. I am real. Oh, I know. It's real hard to imagine. Something. I realize it's sort of like a dream. Oh, my God. I'm it like, is. It's like a nightmare. I'm I can't a, wake uh, up from. It's like a dream. I'm a figment of your imagination. <laughs>